Minimalism wasn't a real idea. It ended before it started. Sol Lewitt. Elizabeth Hoover is the associate editor of Samsonia Way. Her poems have appeared in New Letters, the Adirondack Review, and Hayden's Ferry Review, among others. She received her MFA from Indiana University. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Elizabeth, what poems have you brought for us today? Against Minimalism. He worked through nights, carrying the headless carcasses inside, the raw skins of lions and cows, oxes and bulls. To convey the burdensome hides, he heaved them onto his shoulders like a beetle with outsized wings. The hooves skittered along the pavements, the tails dragged on the ground, catching bits of trash in their fur like netted fish. Like Aeneas with his father, he carried. And day by day he built mounds along the floor until the back of a calf lifted into a kneecap on the outstretched leg he had constructed of cows layered in scales. Entire lions shaped into feet, toes pointed and strangely dainty. He made the face pudgy, almost childlike. He wasn't sure, even as he worked, if the face was meant to resemble anyone, certainly not himself, he reasoned, as he coiled a tail and tucked it under the eye to build a cheek slope. It took upwards of a month to make his creature, a giant some 18 feet tall he called Giant Three, though it had no antecedent and none would follow. But how could such a thing spring ex nihilo from his imagination? There it was, sitting on the floor, fists at its side, head lolling as if exhausted. In the corner, a heap of leftover animals. So he fashioned another, one smaller, to cling to the first's shoulder, peer down as if considering the protruding stomach. Its legs dangled, and from one hung the slender tail of a black bull. It reached all the way to the floor, breaking the silhouette, corresponding to nothing in the realistic human form. But he left it there anyway, untucked, unshorn. Crossing Heart Creek The boy dips his head, a gesture familiar to him because of church. Or rather, the gesture of bending to pray is familiar to him because of this. The business of crossing a creek after rain. He leans forward to watch the blurry glow of his feet needling through the murk and to catch the hem of his trousers, lift them from the water as he works his way from shore to shore and who knows why. On the other side, a dead tree, dead so long its bark scaled off, leaving its white core, branches shaped like a wishbone. There is also a rock, some brush, and the task of turning back to cross again in a few minutes, half hour at most, since all there is really is a view of the place he left and is about to return to. In the entryway, he had this tool he used to help remove his boots that he kept in the hall, a plane of wood set at an angle and notched to hold the heel so he could easily pull himself free. He stood in the doorway that led from the vestibule into the house 
and wedged his boot inside the yoke, leaning slightly to one side, maybe grabbing the jam for balance as he worked his foot loose. Sometimes he missed the notch and kicked the back, leaving a crescent indentation. These gathered, giving the wood a mackled shine. If I recall correctly, it was not among the things he left behind. You've been listening to poems by Elizabeth Hoover on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro.